Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Grab your Bibles this morning and turn with me if you would. We're going to go to two different passages. We're going to go to Acts chapter 2 and then we're going to go to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19 is how we started this whole series out entitled Stranger Things. And Acts chapter 2, we've read portions of that throughout the series in which this is, Acts chapter 2 captures uh, the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the New Testament church. And so we're going to look at both of those today as we begin to bring this series to a close uh, today. Uh, we've, we've covered a lot in this series, and I'd encourage you to go back and maybe re-watch some of it. Um, we've covered, you know, a little bit about on who the Holy Spirit is, what's the Holy Spirit doing today, uh, the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer, the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a non-believer, what he's doing on the planet, and understand that he really is the third person of the Godhead. Uh, we begin to talk about uh, tongues, because we believe that's a, a vital thing talked about within the context of the Holy Spirit, that when the Holy Spirit baptizes believers uh, in the, in the, throughout the book of Acts, it really is the, the first and initial sign that someone has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that they have a heavenly language. We've talked a little bit about why that is, and we've covered verses on that. And, um, and, and you know, there's so many benefits as you read through Scripture on that. First, first uh, John, uh, excuse me, Jude 1.20 says it. Jude 1.20 says that you can build yourself up on your most holy faith praying in the Spirit. Now, I know, there's been, I know there's been thoughts back and forth, uh, because here's what we need to understand as a body of believers. Um, there is a whole bunch of Christians that are going to heaven, that are saved today, that might see some of these verses differently than we do. But here's the thing we need to understand. We need to keep the main things the main things, and that is that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life, that no one gets to the heaven except through, except through him. And that's the main thing. But so there are going to be a whole segment of believers that will see some of these verses differently than we do. Here's the great thing about it. Now, we want to encourage them to keep living out their faith in the way that, in obedience, the way that God's showing them. And, and here at Canvas Church, we want to continue to live out our faith and obedience the way God's showing us. And then when we get to heaven, guess what? Come on, the Father's going to sort it all out, right? And I guarantee you this. I know when I get to heaven, he's going to pull me aside and say, you're cute. <laughs> He's going to say, you did so well with what you knew, but let me just show you a couple of things you didn't quite understand. That's going to happen. Believe it. But you know what? That's going to happen to all of us. It's going to happen to the other side as well that, that might see some of these things different. He's going to pull them in and say, you guys are cute. Let me show you some things. And I guarantee you, here's the, here's, here's the point, though. Man, we just have to do the best we can as believers to be right here in Scripture and let it feed us and let it, let it nourish us. And then to the best of our ability, through faith, through our understanding of this, we walk it out. Amen? Amen. And so uh, here we're talking about this thing called the Holy Spirit, this person called the Holy Spirit. And we entitled it Stranger Things simply because I've noticed in my 22 years of ministry uh, that anytime we begin to talk about the Holy Spirit, uh, there seems to be a little like, whoa, okay. I was joking around with somebody I just met this morning. I thought it was funny. Uh, he said his first time coming here was, you know what? I came back and you guys even spoke, uh, spoke on tongues. And I thought that is awesome. Right? I love that, man. And so here's the thing, though. I've realized that sometimes it can seem strange. Okay? And so what we want to do is we want to get to the place where talking about the Holy Spirit or tongues is not strange at all. It, it can be a conversation, but there's nothing strange about it. Um, if you come into a prayer time over the next 21 days of prayer and you come into this auditorium or over in our growth track room where we're going to be praying, and all of a sudden you hear somebody, what is that? Uh, that it's not going to be strange. It's, oh, they're, they're just praying in the Spirit right now. Okay? Are you with me? 
And there's so many benefits. Jude 120, we build ourselves up on our most holy faith. Um, Romans 8, 26 through 27, specifically says, when we don't know what to pray or how to pray, the Holy Spirit himself will pray through us with groans and utterances we don't even understand. That's the Bible, right? 1 Corinthians 14, we didn't have a time to dive into that whole passage a lot, but 1 Corinthians 14 actually says that, that, that tongues is actually a sign for the unbeliever. What, what is the sign? That, okay, they're marked. There's something about it. The Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit baptism, speaking in tongues, it's a, it's a seal of what God is doing in our lives. So today I want to talk to you about a little bit about the aftermath of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, and we see it over and over again in Scripture. Now, when I'm talking about the aftermath, I'm talking about Holy Spirit's poured out. There are people speaking in tongues, but now what? Okay? The, the aftermath, the aftermath of that. When the Holy Spirit, this is in your notes, when the Holy Spirit baptizes believers, it is for a great purpose. The great purpose is not for the believer to simply have a heavenly language, but rather to help fulfill the will of God, which is that no one should perish but that all should come to repentance, as seen in 2 Peter 2, 8 through 10. Now, I want you to catch that. Man, when baptism of the Holy Spirit takes place and, and believers begin to speak in a, in a heavenly language or in tongues, as the Bible calls it, um, that is not the end all. That is not like, okay, I'm there, I've arrived, I've got this thing, that's, that's amazing, okay? It is amazing, hey? But that is not the end all. Everything that the God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, everything that God does in the life of a believer has a purpose. And I believe that purpose ultimately is to cause other people to see that there is a better way of living life. And that is in Jesus Christ. Are you with me this morning? Any, do I have any note takers in here? Anybody like to take notes? A couple of ways you can do that. We actually have notes. If you need one, you can raise your hand in the air. Wave it around like you really do care. All right, there's someone right here. Or you can download that by texting app to 858-943-2221. And so we're gonna look at some of these verses right now. We're gonna see some of the aftermath of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter two, you there? Starting in verse one. And it says, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were staying. And tongues like flames of fire that were divided appeared on them and rested on each one of them. Then they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different languages as the Spirit gave them the ability to do so. Now I want you to notice here what's taking place. What's taking place is, if we go back to Acts chapter 1, before Jesus ascends to heaven, he tells uh, his followers, he says, I want you to go wait for the gift. And capital G, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And don't do anything, don't do any ministry, don't go anywhere until the gift is poured out. And so they're all together and they're waiting. I don't know what that fully looked like. Maybe they were praying together, I don't know. But uh, they were together and they were waiting. All of a sudden here in Acts chapter 2, we see the Holy Spirit, the gift being poured out upon these believers. And the Bible says that they begin, I want you to catch this, the Bible says they begin to speak as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. And I've studied this passage over and over and over again uh, because some people... <clears throat> Some people, um, uh, and I've had this sensation too, but some people think that the Holy Spirit totally takes over and you're not in control and he just starts moving your mouth, okay? <clears throat> but I want you to see in scripture what actually is taking place because everything we receive in the kingdom of God is received through faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, okay? Everything, we're saved by grace through faith. 
Now that faith, yes, the Bible goes on to say it was given to us. He's given all believers this measure, all people really, this measure of faith. Here's what's taking place in Acts chapter two. They began to speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. Notice this, the Holy Spirit is coming upon them, giving them the utterance, but then as an act of their will and an act of faith, they begin to speak out what the Holy Spirit is uttering to them. Are you with me? Okay. And so there's, there's this divine sovereignty, human responsibility. There's grace, what God does, faith, our response to that. And we see it right here in these verses. What takes place is a lot of people are like, what's going on right now? And uh, if we were to read through the whole passage, they're questioning things like, are these people drunk? And Peter gets up and begins to preach, says, no, man, they, they ain't drunk. Go with me to verse 14 of chapter 2. But Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice, and proclaimed to them. And he says, men of Judah and all you residents of Jerusalem, let me explain this to you and pay attention to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only nine in the morning. On the contrary, this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And he goes on then uh, to describe to them uh, what the prophet Joel said, when in the last days the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out, okay? Now go with me to verse 27, chapter 2. We're fast-forwarding through for time's sake. Now let's go to verse 29. Brothers, I can confidently speak to you about the patriarch David. He is both dead and buried in his tomb and uh, is, is no longer with us. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn an oath to him to seat one, on his, uh, one of his descendants on his throne. Seating, seeing this in advance, he spoke concerning the resurrection of the Messiah. He was not left in Hades, and his flesh did not experience decay. And this is, this is Peter preaching this message. God has resurrected this Jesus. We are all witnesses of this. Therefore, since he has been exalted to the right hand of God and has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, he has poured out what you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended to the heavens, but he himself says, the Lord declared to my Lord, sit at my right hand, talking about Jesus, until I make your enemies a footstool. Verse 37, when they heard this preaching, they came under deep conviction and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what must we do? Repent, Peter said to them, and be baptized. Now understand this. Peter is the same guy that just weeks before was running in fear for his life. Peter is the same guy that denied Jesus three times. Peter is the same guy that when asked, hey, are you with Jesus? He's like, uh-uh, I don't know who he is. Uh-uh, I don't know who he is. This is Peter. Now Peter is standing up declaring with boldness what they need to do to be saved. Verse 38, repent, Peter said to them, may be baptized, each of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. And with many other words, he testified strongly, urged them saying, be saved from this corrupt generation. Now listen to this, verse 41. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. Isn't that awesome? Come on, 3,000 people. What happened? Holy Spirit is poured out. Peter, the guy that was running scared just weeks before for his life, now it's 
filled with boldness and stands up and begins to declare a, a phenomenal message. All of the people that are there, their hearts are touched and they're like, what do we need to do to come to Jesus Christ? And Peter tells them, and look at this, 3,000 people. You see that in your, in your Bible today? 3,000 added. And then it goes on and declares what they, they began to do. They began to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to generosity, to meeting together in, in this phenomenal picture. Now go with me to Acts chapter 19. Uh, this is later on now. Holy Spirit's been moving throughout the whole entire book of Acts. Acts chapter 19, we're going to see something similar take place. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 5. It says, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions and came to Ephesus. He found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they told him. Now notice this is believers. They're following Jesus. But they're like, no, we haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism were you baptized with, he asked. With John's baptism, they replied. And Paul said, John's baptism is a baptism of repentance. In other words, they were Christians. They were believers. Telling the people that they should believe in the one who came after him, and that is Jesus. Verse 5. When they heard these things, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speak in other languages and prophesy. Okay? Very similar to what took place in Acts chapter 2. Now go with me. Last portion we're going to read. Verses 17, now some of you are like, man, I haven't got this much Bible in church in a long time. Well, you haven't been to Canvas then. Verse 17. And it says, this became known to everyone who lived in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks. Then fear fell on all of them, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Isn't that awesome? And many who had become, uh, become believers came confessing and disclosing their practices. Listen to this next part. Well, many of those who had practiced magic collected their books and burned them in front of everyone. So they calculated their value and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. It's a lot of money. I wouldn't mind having 50,000 pieces of silver. In this way, the Lord's message flourished and prevailed. Holy Spirit poured out, people speaking in tongues, boldness comes, God's goodness declared, man, the aftermath, man, souls being saved, lives being transformed, miracles happening, deliverances taking place. Are you with me this morning? This is the aftermath of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, that, Lord, you would just use me, uh, Lord, to declare, Lord, this message. God, as we bring this incredible series to a close today, God, I pray that you would uh, just show your goodness to each and every person in this place. Uh, I pray you'd help me now preach in such a way that people would encounter your son, Jesus, know your amazing love, and realize the awesome plan that you have for their life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I've been involved in sports for pretty much most of my life. Started playing basketball when I was like five years old. Three older brothers, and so they taught me and whatnot. And so I've always been involved in sports in some aspect, whether it be basketball, whether it be football. Tried a little bit about, did some track and field. Anybody ever out there do track or field? I tried it. I wasn't that great at it. I threw some stuff, but that was about it. I tried to run, but I wasn't very fast. And so I just went back to, to basketball. And so I've been around sports all my life. And because of that, now my family is around sports. And I've had opportunities to coach and, and do some trainings and things like that. And 
Now, I'll, I'll never forget one of my first experiences coaching, and I can't remember at this moment if it was just another team or if it was my daughter's team, but they were little. And uh, man, there's just, there's something very challenging about coaching little ones. It's rewarding and it's fun, uh, but there's also challenging moments. And I'll never forget, uh, we're about three weeks into practices, games are coming up, and, and here comes one of the funnest days, but also one of the most nerve-wracking days, and it's the day they get their uniform. Does anybody remember the day that a little kid gets their uniform? And, and I'll never forget it because it's like, hey guys, you're gonna get uniform. I'm like, yeah, right? They're so excited to get their uniform. And um, because it's, it's game day coming up and, and it's a little reversible, right? So it's got one color on one side and another color. So uh, we, would, we would then scrimmage uh, with the little uniforms on so they could kind of get like in game settings. And I'll never forget, they get the uniforms, they're so excited. We've had three weeks of practices and they get them on and I put them on the court and they get out there, whistle blows, and it's like they've forgotten everything I've taught them. <laughs> Why? Because they're going like this. What number are you? I'm number five, what number are you? I'm number 11, and they're just like, they're like so into their uniform, it's like they've forgotten everything. They forgot that the whole purpose of putting on the uniform was to show them the team they were on, which direction they were going, and, and, and who was on the team with them. Are you with me? It's like they just, they just threw it out the door. They're just so into their, their uniform. But ladies and gentlemen, the uniform had a purpose, okay? The whole point of joining the team wasn't to put on the uniform. The whole purpose of joining the team was to play together and accomplish something. Are you with me? See, here's the thing when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So many people look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden they begin to speak in this heavenly language and they feel like, oh, I've arrived to this certain place. I, I, I have this, this thing called tongues. It's right here in scripture. Oh, you don't have it? You should read about it. And they, they, it's like they came to this, this certain place, like, oh, I, I do that. Oh yeah, in my prayer time, it's, it's powerful. <laughs> and yet they forget that the whole purpose of that is, man, God is praying through you. Man, yeah, you can build yourself up on your most holy faith. Yes, my prayer life, I'm not gonna lie, my prayer life came to a whole new level when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, man, I'm, I'm praying in this heavenly language. I can't fully describe it, I don't know how it all works, but I'll tell you this, my prayer life, my prayer time completely changed. The joy in my life, the hope in my, all of it began to change. But listen to me, that is not the end all. That is not the final. Are you with me this morning? The whole purpose of that is so yes, you can be empowered, yes, you can be equipped, yes, you can be built up on your most holy face so then you can go out and do the work of ministry that he's calling you to do. I don't know if you know this, but each and every person sitting in here is called the ministry. The minute you became a believer, man, you're like on a secret mission. Are you with me? Like the minute you became a Christ follower, it's like going to work now has a new thing about it. Right, it's not, I'm, I'm not going there to just get a paycheck any longer. I'm going there because I'm on assignment. I'm going there because I'm on mission. I'm going there because God placed me there. And man, thank you, thank, thankful to God that that's the way he provides for me. But guess what, while I'm there, I'm on a secret mission. I'm gonna find out everyone who doesn't know Jesus and I'm gonna get them to know Jesus. They might not say yes to him, but I'm gonna introduce them to him. Are you with me? 
See, the whole purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, man, look at what happens. Man, what happens every single time as you read through the book of Acts was, yes, they might begin to speak in a new heavenly language, but they were also filled with great boldness. They were filled with great courage. I mean, here's Peter. Let's just look at Peter in and of himself. If you've never read about the life of Peter, go back and read it, okay? There was, there was, there was a difference in Peter. There, now, there was a natural inclination in Peter at times to step up and, and, and do some stupid stuff. But man, he goes from running from God to boldly declaring the works of Jesus Christ. What was the only difference? The only difference was this moment where the Holy Spirit was poured out. What is the aftermath of all this? And maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, I still don't get it. Like, why, why, why are we talking about this? It's been like nine weeks in. Here's why we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And here's why we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because I believe this with all my heart. When our heart is opened up and we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you will feel empowered, you will feel equipped to go out and do the work of ministry. Amen. You say, Pastor, I already feel that good. You're going to feel it on steroids. Pastor, how do you know what steroids feel like? I don't. It's an example, all right? <laughs> Let me just share with you a couple of things I see real here real quick in Scripture. Um, and, and really it summarizes uh, the aftermath of people coming to Jesus. People are healed. Miracles are taking place. Generosity is flowing. Lives are being transformed. In fact, whole cities are being transformed. But here's how it starts. Number one, what's the aftermath? Number one, personal transformation. Personal transformation. Man, when the Holy Spirit is poured out on the life of a believer, it starts right here. There's a personal transformation that takes place. Let's just go back to Peter for a moment because we're, we're, we're kind of talking about him a little bit. There was a personal transformation that took place in Peter's life. One without having boldness to now one having boldness, standing up where 3,000 people get saved. There's a personal transformation. There's this, there's this, there's this personal, uh, unique now language that you have with God. And the Bible says in Jude 120 that you build yourself up. You build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. What is that? That's personal transformation. Man, when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon your life, man, as a believer, man, go to Galatians chapter 5. Now, man, here's the thing. Galatians chapter 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And, and let me just tell you this. The fruit of the Spirit in our life is, is, is a great study point. It's really great to look at. But listen to me, without the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, man, it, you, will, you will drive yourself crazy trying to produce those things. Listen to me. Just walking in obedience, which is one of the things we're to do as believers, just walking in obedience alone will not produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life. It's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of obedience. Are you with me? And you read through that fruit, what is the fruit really, what is the fruit really talking about? It's going after character. There is character transformation in the heart of a person when the Holy Spirit is poured out. Number one, it's personal transformation. Man, a new boldness comes upon your life. I would just encourage you, if you as a Christ follower, if you're lacking boldness, in your stance in Christ, uh, then spend some time in, in, in the morning praying and saying, Holy Spirit, here I am. You know, the Bible says to be continually filled with the Spirit. Every morning, just spend some time saying, Holy Spirit, here I am. Would you fill me up? 
I wanna, I wanna be a vessel of honor, sanctified and set apart for your good and perfect use. And you could use me, work through me. There's personal transformation. The second one, it, it doesn't stop there though, there's church transformation. There's church transformation. Now, now pastor, what do you, when you say church, what do you mean? I'm talking about the body of believers. That's the church, we are the church. Wherever two or three are gathered together in his name, there he is, we're the church together, right? And when the Holy Spirit is poured out on the life of believers, there is church transformation. Notice what it said in Acts chapter 19, and we, we, we read through those pretty quickly, but in Acts chapter 19, verse 18, and it says, and many who became believers came confessing and disclosing their practices. Notice it says they were believers, and then as believers they came, they realized, man, there's some stuff here, there's some practices that aren't right. And they came and they confessed them. That's believers, that's plural, that's the church, that's transformation that's taking place in the church. And they came and they confessed their stuff. And then, and then the very next verse says this, that uh, they came and some of them, the, the things they were practicing, they took their books and their things and they burned them. And I love this part. And then it says, and then the word of God prevailed mightily. And then the word of God prevailed mightily. And then the word of God prevailed. What is happening? A whole entire church, a whole entire community is being transformed because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but that, that's exciting to me. You say, Pastor, why do we spend eight, nine weeks talking about stranger things, talking about the Holy Spirit? Because I, church, want to get us to a place where our hearts are open, our spirits are open, and our minds are open, saying, Holy Spirit, we can't do nothing without you. Holy Spirit, we can't, we can't do this without you. We did not get into this building without you. We cannot, we cannot maintain this here. I'm telling you right now, listen to me, church. Because I know I experience it on a level and so do you. That, that something significant happens in our life. Man, God moves and he does a miracle. How many times has God done something for you and all of a sudden now he moves you to a next level, he moves you to this position and now you find yourself thinking that you've gotta maintain it on your own. You see, you can't, we can't. That's why here we are in 21 days of prayer one of the things we're praying is for provision. Because listen, I wasn't smart enough to get us in the building, I sure ain't smart enough to keep us in the building. So I'm gonna be in a place of prayer, saying, God, unless you show up, man, we got this thing for no, no reason at all. Man, I love, I love the prayer of Moses in Exodus chapter 33, when God's about to move him, man, and God's about to utilize him, and God's about to move the whole entire nation, and he prays the guy, he says, this sounds great and all, but unless your presence goes, I don't wanna go either. That's my prayer, Holy Spirit, you show up. Holy Spirit, you come upon this place. Man, tonight, I'm so excited, we're doing a worship night. Anybody coming to the worship night? You better put your hand in the air. I see you. Man, you know what I'm believing for at this worship night? And we, I mean, I've gotten so many emails from some other churches and pastors that can't wait to come and worship with us. I'm believing for the presence of God to be poured out tonight. And everybody to leave this place refreshed with vision and life and joy and hope and boldness. And, and what happens when it happens in a church community? Man, there's a transformation that takes place. It's a transformation in the church. And so much so that in Acts chapter two, we keep reading on after verse 41 where it says 3,000 people were added. Could you imagine that day, Canvas Church? See, some of you are kind of like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> You're a stupid pastor. And some of you are like, that's awesome, I'm ready. You know, some of our ministry team are like, I don't have enough volunteers. <laughs> Man, what, about, what would that day look like? 
3,000. What would happen next week and you show up and you got no place to park? Well, that's inconvenient. I'm not going to church. <laughs> I'm parking in the street and I'm running in there if I know what's going on, right? Man, what would happen? I'll tell you what happens. When the Holy Spirit pours them, there's, a, there's, there's first a personal transformation. Our heart, you know what it said in Acts chapter 2, what, what must we do to be saved? There's a church transformation. Man, a whole community is getting invested. Acts chapter 2 goes on to say that they all devoted themselves, man, to generosity, to, to small groups. They didn't use the word small groups, but that's what they were doing. They were meeting house to house, and they gave themselves to it. They were all in. They were fully invested. And because of that, man, the Bible says, and he added to them daily those who are being saved. That's a pretty cool aftermath, isn't it? Yeah, I, I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want more of the Holy Spirit. And lastly, and we'll finish with this, band, you can come. Lastly, number three, there's a community transformation. A community transformation. Community transformation. It's not, it, it starts here. We've been having so many great conversations with people. Man, the Holy Spirit touching hearts. And man, it starts there. It's happening in here. Some of you have felt it over the last eight, nine weeks and what God's doing. But listen to me. We better be ready for the next part. Church, are you ready? We better be ready for the next part. I said it on day one. We moved into this building six months ago. Man, first thing I said. Man, we go back and watch it if you want. First thing I said, if the only reason God gave us this building is to make life easier, then I don't want it. But if God gave us this building because he's getting us ready, come on, for a move of his spirit. Come on, God's getting us ready for something great in this city, great in this county, great in this area. Then come on, God, I want it. Let's do this thing. Are you with me? And here we see that, man, after personal transformation, after church transformation, there is literally a community transformation that takes place. There's a community transformation. 3,000 people getting saved? That's community transformation. People coming and, and confessing their sins and, and bringing their, their objects and saying, I need to burn this and get it out of my life. That's community transformation. Listen, church, we, we are in the best season we've ever been in. I know I keep saying church like you've been coming for a long time. I know some of you new here this morning. Well, I'm just lumping you in, all right? Because we're in the best season we've ever been in as a church. Now, we're coming out of a series on the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going into 21 days of prayer, and we're believing, man, for an abundance of his presence, an abundance of people, an abundance of provision. Now, we're statistically in the best season as a church when all, all churches statistically grow the most between September and November. We're in the best season because we're doing all of that, and this is the first time in the, all the years of our church that we've actually had a building to see God do it in. And theater was all right. School was all right. The times we got locked out of the school weren't all right. But man, we are positioned for something great. And I have two questions for you this morning. Number one, are you in? Where are you serving? What small group are you attending? Are you gonna be a part of this incredible miracle that God does? Number two, are you hungry for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on your life so that you could experience personal transformation, 
church transformation and community transformation because I believe that we're in the greatest season that our church has ever been. And do you believe that this morning? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. God, we thank you so much. God, for what you're doing in our church. We thank you for what you're doing at Canvas Church. We thank you for the aftermath. God, that the greatest thing isn't for me as a believer to, to pray in the Spirit, but that's a, another resource and another tool that builds me up, encourages me, fills me with joy so that I could go out and do the work of ministry. And so because of that, I pray, God, that each and every one of us in this place would be open and hungry for an outpouring of your presence, that we'd be hungry. With your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I'm going to give uh, two calls here. One is this. You've never asked Jesus Christ into your life. You've never said yes to him. It's step number one, repenting of your sins. Acts chapter 19, they were baptized into John's baptism. What was that? was one of repentance, confessing their sins, becoming saved. And then Paul shows them the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus. Every eye closed, every head bowed, and you want to say yes to him today. Just go ahead and shoot your hand in the air right where you're at. I want to say yes to Jesus. Anybody at all? Second one is this, and I'm just actually not going to ask for a hand. I'm just going to ask for you to come up here um, as I dismiss. The second one is this, is you're here today, and maybe you've been along this journey with us through this series, and you've been hearing messages about the Holy Spirit, and you've been hearing messages about baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you're like, man, I've, I've, I've never received my heavenly language, and I want that. As I dismiss, I'm going to ask you to come up here, and I'm going to pray for you today, and just believe that this is the moment. And then I'm going to pray for all of us right now that as we walk out of here, that we would walk, come on, with the Holy Spirit being poured out upon our lives, empowered by Him to do the things He's calling us to do. God, we love you. We thank you for these moments. God, we thank you for what you're doing at Canvas Church. Truly believe the best days are happening right now. God, they're not ahead of us. They're, 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 they're happening right now. This is the best season we've ever been in as a community. And so, God, we just say, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And Holy Spirit, I pray you would pour out upon this community, upon these believers, and that we would walk with great boldness and share your love everywhere we go. Why don't you just pray this with me, church? Say, Jesus, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling me and indwelling me. I pray that this week, you would give me the boldness to be a radical voice for you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hey, God bless you. If you need prayer uh, and you want praise, prayer specifically for you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to be up here. love to pray with you. love to pray for you. You need prayer for anything else going on in your life, man, love to pray for that as well, believing that God's going to do something incredible. On your way out, make sure you check out the small groups table. Also, for those of us that have kids, man, Hang out for Splash Canyon. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Come on up for prayer. I'd love to pray for you this morning. Going to have some of the other small group leaders or pastors come on up, and we'll pray for you this morning. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.